And we are back, baby. It is the Basement Talk Podcast. This is not the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. This is not the Basement Talk Podcast Quizitational. This is not the Basement Talk Podcast Debate. This is the bog standard Basement Talk Podcast. There is nothing else attached to it, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Ed Burtzel. It is a pleasure to be back, and I am proud to be joined by the new co-host of the Basement Talk Podcast from the Jets Way Podcast. So definitely go check that out as well. Mr. Jake Simone. Jake, what's up, buddy? Wow. That entrance is pretty killer. I, I got a lot of living up to do after hearing that. So there's that. Well, but buddy, you know what I'm going to say? It's a pleasure as always. It's going it is on. a pleasure as always. And we have an absolutely loaded show. Some oldie but goodie sort of deals, and then some new segments that we will uh, be doing. We'll get into those. And then we're also going to be talking about NBA offseason. Uh, of course, the season coming in just about three weeks or so, at least planned right now. It's going to be coming in about three weeks' time. Uh, so we'll be wrapping up the uh, the NBA offseason, talking about the best moves that were made and some of the ones that maybe weren't as great. And then we'll be talking about the NFL hot seat for the coaches. Of course, after week 17, the Sunday of week 17, black Monday is when all the coaches, you know, basically know their fates and pretty much it'll be a time for Jake to talk about Adam Gaze and what a national treasure that he is concerned. The New York jets might be getting Trevor Lawrence, but in the meantime, let's start with deep sleeper of the week so in case anybody needs a reminder for how this works various things happen in the world especially in the year of our lord 2020 and we pick one thing from the week that interests us the most so i will lead this to the newbie of the program jake your deep sleeper of the week give it to me baby give it to me what do you got my deep sleeper of the week now, if I know the program criteria, it could just be anything I want. It has it could nothing be to do under the sun. But does it have to be just for this week, or could it just be a sleeper item? It could be in a general? sleeper item. Period. I'll give you a great example. Back in January, when when COVID wasn't a thing, my deep sleeper back in January was COVID. And really? look at where we are now. I swear to God. Oh, so. My deep sleeper of the week of my, my sleeper pick in general is believe it or not a TV show. It has been, hmm. it depends how you look at it because it was on another platform before it arrived to Netflix. So I don't know if you're a fan of the karate kid, the movies. I, I am a big fan of Ralph Macchio. You, yes. He's you a great have man. to check out Cobra Kai on Netflix. It is absolutely killer. I'm obsessed. I started it this week. I watched two seasons Within a week and a half, I was that addicted. You know, Maybe Jake, sleeper. I have heard some very, very, very good things about it, and you're not the first person that said that. Now, are you a are you a pro Daniel or a pro Johnny? Pro Johnny, all the way. Oh, if you if you're a Johnny guy, Cobra Kai, you are going to absolutely be enamored with them because it's all the same actors, the same oh, actors. Really? Yep. Same oh, wow. actor. Same actor that plays Johnny, same actor that plays Daniel, and oh, then like shit. all obviously Miyagi's not alive, but so he's not right. in it. Yes. Um, but Daniel's mother makes some appearances. No the shit. Old, 
I don't want to spoil. I don't want to give out any spoilers to you, but let's just say a particular character that plays a big role in the Karate Kid movies returns. Oh, I'm gonna brother. leave it at that. It, Ed, I would never lie to you. I would never lie to an audience. You would not. If you haven't seen it, check out Cobra Kai. You will not stop watching it. The new season is January eighth of twenty twenty one. Oh, you have to catch up. Oh you yeah. Have to. Yep. So See, big sleeper, not talked about a lot. What I'm doing right now is on my list of shows that I that I have. I'm putting Cobra Kai third on the list because right now I'm watching The Crown, which I've is heard good things. Phenomenal. It is really, really, really good. I'm on season two, and it's it's very, very good. The acting production value is really, really good. I'm also a TV film guy, so that of course the production values mean something to me. Um, and then after that, I am watching The Queen's Gambit. That I have to watch because I have heard very, very good things. Um, I don't know if it's going to be good, but we're going into it with an open mind. But The Crown the crown is definitely more my style because I, I like that historical fiction bordering on nonfiction sort of deal. So uh, The Crown, also another very, very good show that you should check out because the new season just came out and it has Princess Diana and and everything that Diana basically embodied for the crown. And it's very, Great very, women. very, very yeah. good. Yeah. So my deep sleeper of the week, and this is one that definitely hits home. Um, it is a uh, car thieves. Oh. So this, this is one that I did not mention on the basement talk podcast fantasy show, the two episodes that we did, but I unfortunately had my vehicle taken robbed from my driveway and was without it for a week ended up getting it back so the moral of the story here ladies and gentlemen deep sleeper of the week car thieves now were you just car thief now were you ubering everywhere were you that guy that was like oh i don't have a car can you drive me oh i don't have a car i can't come and then you make the person feel bad and they're like oh let me give him a ride or you just like i don't have a car i don't have any shame about it like not gonna do anything not gonna mention it so how did you go about that whole thing not having a vehicle so basically what ended up happening was Thursday, Thanksgiving was when this all, you know, sort of happened. And that whole day was just a fucking blur. It, it, it really was. I mean, I chowed at Thanksgiving. I think I had maybe three plates of baked ziti and two plates of fucking turkey. It was a, a, a complete blur. But then like as the days kind of went on and, and you know, the acceptance of everything that happened just sort of kicked in and saying like, ah, shit, you know, it's my fault. I left the car unlocked, you know, hope it, it, it kind of, it, I accepted it. And I was just kind of like, you know, whatever happens, happens, you know, whatever. And then Tuesday night, we got the call of that. They found the car and then, you know, the whole process of, I'm going to go and, and retain it and, and everything like that. But to answer your question, Jake, I just kind of camped out of my house for a week because I didn't want to see anybody. I was just like, well, I'm fucking miserable. I don't know what the fuck to do with myself. Right. So were you, were you also thinking in the back of your mind, like, gee, kind of hope they don't find this thing. So car insurance comes through. Maybe I get a little something newer, maybe nicer. See at first. No, because I was like, you know, my, my first car. You know, it's it's like has this nice little oh, you're one of those. to it sort of deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's my my baby, you know, the, the whole thing. But 
then after I kind of realized and people were talking to me about it, the whole thing, it, it I did kind of say that I was like, you know, worst case, worst case scenario, they don't find it. Insurance money comes through. I'll get, I'll get some good money for the, for the truck. And then, you know, what was in it as well? You know, golf clubs, wallet, you know, whole bit. So, you know, if you were, if you were talking, you know, good amount of money for uh, all that combined and you put it towards something new, you lease it and the amount of money that you'd get would cover half the lease or so. So, yeah, I mean, I kind I kind of thought about it that way. I think it was more of like an accepting sort of thing. I don't know if I want to say that I was like thrilled about the whole situation, but um, we got her back. So that's you, uh, that's you understood that at the end of the day. It was just a hunk of metal that had no feelings. Correct. Correct. I'm glad. At, at that's called growing up, man. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, once the uh, the overall sadness of the whole thing and overall sheer panic of everything that happened uh, was finished. Yes, I did. Re- I did realize that it was an overall scrap of metal that had no feelings that I just pumped a lot of money into and could probably kiss that sucker goodbye. <laughs> a Christmas miracle that came early. You'd love to see it. It, it. Literally, it is the best Christmas gift that I'm going to get this year by far, unless somebody is going to get me some something like, a, I don't know, a box of Cuban cigars or Johnny Walker Blue. Then maybe maybe that would take the cake. But I think that is definitely the uh, the best Christmas gift I could have gotten this year. So, yes, deep sleeper of the week, ladies and gentlemen, car thieves, lock your cars. Do not leave any valuables in it because car thefts and robberies are all up across the board throughout our great country. So please lock your cars. Don't be stupid like me. Please, I beg you, do not be stupid like me. So if your thief is listening, do you, do you have any words for him? Fuck you. Yeah. That's it. That's all. That's all I, I could have predict- predicted that one. That's all he deserves. Fuck you. Anywho, we swiftly move on to the first part of the program, talking about the NBA offseason and what an offseason it most certainly was from the end of the tumultuous time in the bubble where the Lakers defeated the Miami heat to win, of course, the NBA championship to the buildup to the draft and free agency where we saw Anthony Edwards go number one overall to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And we had free agent signings and trades go up the wazoo. Um, But perhaps Jake, the biggest move of the off season, I would even say the most shocking move of the off season, quite frankly, is the first place that we'll kind of start here is the trade that went down Wednesday night between the Houston Rockets and the Washington Wizards, where the Rockets sent star point guard Russell Westbrook and his disgustingly, disgustingly inflated contract to the Washington Wizards for John Wall in a first round pick. I tell you what, just based on first glance, I don't think it matters. If John Wall plays a single game for the Houston Rockets, the fact that they were able to get Russell Westbrook's contract off of their books and get a first-round pick in return, bravo. Bravo. Yeah. Well done to the Houston Rockets. Yeah, I, di- I disagree there because with in that trade, a first-round pick in the NBA to me, it means absolutely nothing. This isn't the NFL where – a first round pick is going to come in and contribute. This is like a baseball draft almost where all the picks 
they're, they're basically developmental picks. And that pick, you, you figure the Wizards with Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, they're going to finish, they're going to make the playoffs next year in the East. So what's yeah. that pick going to be like 17, 18 overall? Well, if you consider their hall of picks that they have, the Houston Rockets, or should I say lack of hall, because they simply have none, they needed something. And it was very clear that the whole Russell Westbrook, James Harden marriage, just it was it wasn't working. Yeah, NBA drafts, dude, are so it's usually it's a one or two player draft this year. There's no for sure stars Mm -hmm. in the draft. No, this is this is like a Nerlens Noel draft. Um uh, Anthony, where Bennett. Anthony Bennett was the was the first over. I think in Nerlens Noel because he was probably the best player, but I believe he got hurt before that. Yeah, he did. Um, it, it's kind of like that. It's that sort of draft where there's the no, there's no Zion's, there's no, uh, uh, Wiggins was a big deal coming out of college. Yeah. So there's not that one player where he's going to change life for your franchise or is touted to be that kind of player. And if you're picking in the teens. You don't it, a first round pick doesn't mean much. And also, I might have to add this: Russell Westbrook is a significantly better player than John Wall. John Wall's coming off a torn Achilles. It's not like a Kevin Durant coming off an Achilles where he's a seven footer, can shoot, can shoot from thirty. Doesn't really rely on athleticism. Where John Wall is, when healthy, is arguably one of, if not the most athletic point guard in the game. So. The contract you brought up the contract. I believe the contracts are pretty similar, if I'm not mistaken. They're both pretty so, terrible. They're both so, pretty terrible. But at least you're taking on one contract with a first round pick attached to it. So it, it's yeah, but you're getting the, the worst Rockets. player though. Yeah, so, but it's something for the Rockets. I mean, do we? Here's I think the silver lining, at least for me, is let's just say that this deal didn't happen. Let's just say the Rockets went into next year with Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Is that a team that is competing? And I'm talking competing with the top dogs in the West. No, no way. Well, well, no, because the West is pretty loaded. Yeah. But at the same time, that's probably a playoff team at the bare minimum. It's a playoff team at the bare minimum. I would, I would say that even with Westbrook and Harden, they probably are in the same mold as a – as the Pelicans or as the Grizzlies, they're kind of, you know, bottom of the tier two teams in the West, but should at least make the playoffs and fight for uh, the last playoff spot. But now I think with John Wall and James Harden, it gives them something a little bit different. If John Wall is healthy, and I think that's the big caveat to all of this. And I think Jake, you just mentioned this. If John Wall's healthy, I think this is still a team that can be a potential playoff team. But if he's not, then this could be it could be a wash for for the Rockets and they would just have that first round pick to uh, fall back on. I think I would bet anything I own that James Harden is not on this basketball team after the trade deadline this year. There is no way he's a, a Houston Rocket this whole season. I agree with you. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. I, I so. think that he he's basically as good as gone if yeah. the Rockets are out of this number one or if they see a prime opportunity where they get an offer they just simply can't refuse for one of the game's top 10 maybe top five uh overall players he he's he's gonna make the situation so toxic they're not gonna have a choice i, I would they're agree gonna have to move them 
Yeah, I would I would agree with you, and it'll be very interesting to see who would uh, go in and maybe give the Rockets their uh, their asking price. Maybe maybe your Brooklyn Nets. I think that's the most logical place, and I think he's going to make it so difficult for any other team to trade for him. Where it's it's a player driven league. If a yeah. player wants to go somewhere, they're going they're gonna there. Go. They're going to go. I mean, on, honestly, I just don't know. I, mean, I guess kind of segueing into like this Harden discussion a little bit before we go into more uh, a free agency centered sort of discussion. I'm just thinking off of the teams that I, I kind of feel like make the most sense in terms of where I could see Harden going that give him a chance to at least win. Brooklyn makes the most sense, at, at least to me. But and I don't know if they would do this because, of course, you have Pat Riley, who's just, you know, in and above everybody else. But what about the Miami Heat? Because if you if you put James Harden into that and you just say, you know what, Jimmy, just kick out to the three. You're talking about James Harden, and Jimmy Butler. That could be. And with the the young core that Miami have we could be talking about the top team in the East. If, and like you said, Jake, you have a very tough path in the West. Why not? If you're James Harden, go to a very, very good up and coming team where we've seen the Miami heat work and you join that and you potentially put Miami over the top and make them one of the top dogs, if not the top dog in the East. Whereas with Brooklyn, yes, the appeal is there. Big market appeal. You know, it's New York. That I, I understand it. Kyrie, KD, I get it. But it's an unproven commodity as of right now. We haven't seen Kyrie play with KD. You have Steve Nash in there where we don't know what his overall philosophy is going to look like. But odds are it's going to be very player driven where, you know, he's going to let his guys do whatever they want to do. So in terms of, you know, situations, there are pros and cons that, you know, go with both sides, but I think Miami is another fit for, uh, for James Harden, but it's going to be at a big, big, big cost. And I'm not so sure it's going to be something that Pat Riley is going to really want to do. Yeah. Just to go off of what you said, uh, just real quick with Brooklyn, you left out a very big uh, appeal to him and that's Mike D'Antoni. Hmm is on Steve Nash. He's Steve Nash's. Uh, I think Jock Vaughn's the top assistant, but you know, D'Antoni's voice is going to be well heard in that. Of course. No, of course. Room. And Mike D'Antoni said, James Harden's the best offensive player I've ever coached in my entire life. And you know, Mike D'Antoni, there's no D in D'Antoni. It's just Mike Antoni. He has not coached defense. So James Harden, him got along well in Houston. There's him there. Kevin Durant's one of his best friends. Uh, but just Miami's not the best fit. I think there's an even better fit for him than Brooklyn and Miami. Uh, Miami, you they're going to have to part with Hero if they're trading for... Um, oh, for sure. For you're going to sure. have to trade Hero. You're probably going to... You might have to trade Bam, too. I know they just signed Bam to a max deal, but... You would think Duncan Robinson probably would be in that in that package as well. Yeah, but there's a team that can get the deal done right now if they want to. And that's the Philadelphia 76ers. And that's what I would do. If I'm Daryl Morey, I say, hey, Houston, here's Ben Simmons. Give me James Harden. Done deal. Done. Done. And I would give Ben Simmons and whatever, and like one or two first round picks. Done. Yeah, I, I would do that as well. And then you're talking about Philadelphia. There being... would be 
the favorite, probably. I would say so. I, yeah. I would say I would say that they're better than an unproven Brooklyn team. I would say that they're better than Miami, and I would say they're better than Boston. And Milwaukee, you forgot Milwaukee, but yeah, and, yeah, and, and and Milwaukee, yeah. I think it's it would be between them and and Milwaukee, but I think Philadelphia, at least on paper, if you add James Harden there, they would be better than than Milwaukee. And I mean Boston, that's just another team that it just feels like. I understand that it's a young team; they're growing. I get it, but it's just something every year for me when I watch Boston. There's just something that feels like is missing with that team, and I don't know what it is. What doomed them was the first year of was of Jason Tatum's rookie year. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they were up three to one on LeBron. Fair. That's what it was. I think it was three one. It was three one two. They were ahead. Three one. They were yeah. It was three one. So they were a game away from the finals against LeBron James. So everybody expected the moon, the sun, the stars from the Boston Celtics, but in the reality. The East was just so terrible that year. There was no other teams. It was right. it was LeBron James and a bunch of other teams. That's what it was uh, for all those years with uh, LeBron on the Cavs. But yeah, the Sixers uh, definitely is my my pick for if I'm James Harden, that's where I try to go. You have someone running the show there that you trust. I don't know if he trusts more. I don't know what the relationship was like, but that you're familiar with. Uh, there's Joel Embiid. They have Tobias Harris, another really good player. They just need three point shooting and James Harden from three. He's one of the best three point shooters in the game. Yeah. So that's, that's where I would try to go before uh, bro- I get it. Brooklyn, there's some appeal there. Miami, I don't think is a fit. Uh, no, I don't neither think, do I. I don't think, neither I don't think I. he's dangling for Miami. So I think it's uh, the two teams in the running for James Harden are going to be Brooklyn and the Philadelphia 76ers. Unless there's some other team that just pops up out of nowhere and New York tries. Knicks. Tries to make a play. Go, God, no. God, no. Don't he's trying to win. <laughs> yeah, no. He's he's trying to win. It's gonna take it's gonna take Austin Rivers to bring us to the promised land before anybody's even gonna think of signing oh, with the New York Knicks. Oh, Austin Rivers and uh, who else they signed this offseason? The Knicks. Um. Oh. Um. Alec Burks. Alec Burks. There you go. <laughs> and then last year it was Julius Randle and uh, Taj Gibson. Dad, don't get me started. And don't forget. Obi Toppin, don't forget every every Knicks fan. Uh, they were like Obi Obi who Obi who, and they realized from New York. Oh, we love Obi, love him. Yeah, yeah, everybody's the best. And Frank Nitekin is still under contract. I don't know how. I don't know how they haven't dealt him because he's a perfect he's a perfect number two guard for a playoff team where if they need late fourth quarter minutes to come on and play some tight defense, that's what Nitekin is. That's what and not he does. Skorlick. No, well, not you ask him to shoot a jump shot. He he's going to let you down there big time. Yeah. So let's go and talk about some of the free agent signings. I think the best way to do this is to just kind of go through and talk about some of the ones, at least for for me, that I felt stood out the most that I liked and didn't necessarily like. Um, the big news today, of course, was Anthony Davis signing the five-year, $190 million deal back with, with the, the Los Angeles Lakers. Jake, I don't think that's really much of a surprise. We knew that was yeah. going to happen. So, I mean, the Lakers. LeBron, too. Yeah, and LeBron signing his extension as well. So, again, n- not much of a surprise there. Um, it was good for the Lakers, I guess, that they were able to do it. But we all knew that was happening. So, it wasn't much of a big shock there. I guess you could put... 
Uh, is another not so big of a surprise. Brandon Ingram re-signing with the New Orleans Pelicans on a Supermax five-year, $158 million deal. Good for uh, for New Orleans for getting Brandon Ingram down. It looks like he is going to be a very, very good player uh, for a very long time, only 23 years old as well. So a lot more potential is expected out of Brandon Ingram. Perhaps, though, one that I thought was a little surprising because I didn't think that this was going to be the outcome here was Fred Van Vliet going back to Toronto. I mean, yes, I understand that his heart was in Toronto. It's where he wanted to be. But I was a little surprised that there was not a team out there that was willing to go to a $9,500 million mark. And he ended up settling for four years, $85 million from uh, from the Raptors. I thought the Knicks would be very much a player for him because that's a contract you can move. Uh, He'll help you move forward with your program. But if his heart was set on Toronto, then wasn't much of a bidding for him at the end of the day. That's what Uh, I also think it was, is that he was hell-bent on making sure he got back to Toronto. My biggest winner, believe it or not, the entire offseason is probably the Los Angeles Lakers. They just got even more loaded. Getting Dennis Schroeder for a first round yeah. pick and Danny Green and then getting Harrell. Yeah. Damn. They just got that much more loaded, man. Yeah. It, and they could still trade Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. And then they also re-signed KCP, who's a who's a reliable guy that come off to come off the bench. I mean Is JR still kicking around or is he JR just... will probably be back? I mean, he he's gonna ride LeBron's coattails anyway. So and Deion Waiters is probably another guy Deion, they'll bring back Deion Waiters way. is probably he'll probably bring him back or he's going to do purple drank on the uh on the team jet who knows who yeah. knows he's allowed to make choices he's a, he's a grown-ass <laughs> man he can do what he wants champion um, ch- he is a champion yes he is yeah. more ways than one here's the here's the one deal of the offseason that for me it just makes no sense and maybe Jake you can talk me into this but what the hell are the Charlotte Hornets doing, giving four years $120 million to Gordon Hayward for? Um, well, Michael Jordan's probably probably the worst executive <laughs> outside of Phil Jackson that I've ever seen. I mean, what this guy I don't I haven't seen Michael Jordan make a decision in all my years of life that has made sense and that has that has worked out for the Hornets. Maybe drafting Kemba Walker. That's got to be the only one that I, at least I can think of. Because... Uh, that I could think of because everything else makes no sense. Didn't he? Wasn't he the same guy that passed on uh, KD? I believe he was. Didn't he pass on Brad? He passed on. I know. We, I know for a fact he passed on Bradley Beal. Yes, he did. Yeah, I know. For uh, 100% I, I don't know about fact. KD though, man. You, I can't be lying like that. But I have a feel. No, didn't he draft? I look don't. That up. I don't know. I don't know because when did he? He became primary owner of the Hornets in 2010, I believe. So that would be that was after Durant. It, uh, dude, I'm lying out of my ass. It was port. It was Portland that lot that passed on KD for Greg. Oh, Oden. that's right. That's right. But he took he took uh, he took the kid from Charlotte. Just because he went to the local school over Brett over who did he take? It was was it Michael Gilchrist? No, I know for I don't think it was my, Michael Gilchrist was over Bradley Beal. It was I can I'm doing some uh, some 
scoping right now. Well, they he he did take uh, Tobias Harris, so that was I guess a good pick for uh, for Michael Jordan. Um, we go to 2010. We go a year back. He took. He drafted Kwame Brown. That's who it was. Kwame Brown. Yeah, he dr- he drafted Kwame Brown. He can't play. No disrespect, but he can't play. He, that's 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 who I was thinking. Oh my god. He drafted Michael Jordan. Drafted Kwame Brown. Oh my lord. But At, it was Adam Morrison was the guy I was talking about too. Oh my lord. And he and he passed on he he passed on Brandon Roy. That's that that was the other decision I was thinking of. But oh. I didn't I didn't remember Kwame Brown. Oh my lord. Anywho, uh, Gordon Hayward. What what did they see to give Gordon Hayward a thirty year old thirty million dollars a year? Yeah. What am I what am I missing? I tried to tell uh, everybody that I knew. I said he's. They're all like, he's an idiot for opting out. He's not going to get that money elsewhere. I go, well, clearly he is because don't you think his agents made a couple of calls before he opted out and say, hey, what are you going to give my guy? Oh, you knew what he was getting was going to be ridiculous. Now, I thought it would have been the New York Knicks giving him that money. That oh, was my, my God. Initial... I, 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 I would have. No, 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 that no, was no, my, no, no. That was my initial thought was the Knicks are really going to do this, huh? No. I, and then I, just leave I would have lost Jordan. my mind. Michael Jordan just told the Knicks, and he's and he said to them probably, you know, guys, thank you very much for being incompetent all these years. I'll take it from here this offseason. You you thank. have a nice quiet offseason quarantine. I'll be the idiot of the league, and I'll pay Gordon Hayward. You guys got the next one. Thank you, Michael Jordan. Thank you so much. Thank and they were interested so too. Oh, they were, they were. But something tells me that Leon Rose and uh, and because they really. The primary push behind the interest of Gordon Hayward was Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau really wanted Gordon Hayward. It really wasn't a Leon Rose sort of deal. It was it was Tibbs, and I guess Leon saw the the bidding go to a hundred million plus, and he just said, "Nope, nope, ain't going there, ain't going there. Yeah. I don't want I don't want any of that." Um, for me, this is actually one of the best contracts of the offseason, at least by my estimation. And it's the Houston Rockets. Christian Wood, three years, $41 million. Unbelievable for, for Detroit. He goes to Houston. This is going to be now, of course, we don't know what this Houston team is going to look like when it's all said and done. But at the very least, they have someone that they can just put right in their front court and say, there you go. John Wall has someone that he can run pick and rolls with, and that's that. And Christian Wood was one of the more underrated fours in the NBA during his time in Detroit because, of course, it's Detroit. But now if he's going to be playing half a season with James Harden, he's going to be getting more national attention, and he deserves it because he was, again, very, very, very good and very under the radar in Detroit. Yeah. Another one that I was in, that I really liked was Serge Ibaka. Mm-hmm. going to the Clippers because yep. if they didn't want Harold back, they didn't even give him an offer. Apparently that was what he said. There was probably some type of disconnect there where they needed a little bit, uh, somebody that was a little bit more mature, more of a pro, some championship DNA, because that's their, their problem is not talent. Clearly it was a team chemistry thing where 
it just didn't work. And they needed some new life in there, some new personalities. And Serge Ibaka is a pro's pro. He's going to give them very important minutes, a toughness, just a savvy vet to go along and be a good complimentary piece to Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Here's another contract that I really liked, and it was the Rajon Rondo deal from the Lakers going to the Atlanta Hawks on a two-year $15 million deal. It's not one that I think is going to be something like, oh, you're going to see Rajon Rondo going and posting, you know, a triple-double per game. You know, it's not Rajon Rondo. But as far as you bring, you're bringing in someone to take the load off of Trey Young and teach him more about what being a point guard in the NBA is like and a point guard, too, that has big-time experience playing in the biggest games, winning NBA championships – if that's where Atlanta wants to go, this is the kind of signing that gets them there in terms of he's not going to really help them, but he's going to help them by teaching Trey Young the ins and outs of what perhaps he's still missing in terms of his development, which is not much because Trey Young is one of the best point guards in the NBA. I would even say, for, for my estimation, he's probably the best young point guard in the NBA. I don't want to have that debate now, but yeah, he's, he's a special player for sure. Yeah. Um, and that's a movable contract. That's yes. definitely a movable contract. You got to show some love for my Brooklyn nets, man. What about Joe Harris coming back? I was, I was going to mention Joe, Joe Harris going back to the nets. I, I literally, Massive. he was next on my list. Massive. He was next on my list. And you know what, Joe Harris, he's another one that he does not get enough attention for me, but I tell you, Shoots the lights out of it. The kid could shoot. The kid could shoot. And you know what? With the way the league is now, if you could shoot, you have a future in the league. You yeah. you have a place in the NBA. I and actually saw Joe Harris on a 10-day contract with the Nets, believe it or not, when they gave him oof. Spencer Spencer Dinwiddie and Joe Harris were on 10-day contracts at one point, and they beat Jimmy Butler and the Timberwolves in – the last two minutes. And I said, who is this? Who is this guy? I'm like, <laughs> I was really saying, because like, this is when the nets were really unwatchable. Like they had nothing. D'Angelo Russell wasn't there yet. This was like when Jarrett Jack tore his ACL, like that season. Oh, dear. So, this was a while ago. I'm like, who the hell is uh, uh, Joe Harris? Where's this guy from? Joe who? Joe who? A- and it's funny because the, the Cavaliers had him at one point. LeBron James said that, you know, you can't play with me right now. And he didn't want to play with him anymore. And they got rid of him. And you would think that would be the perfect piece to play with LeBron. It's the most ironic part to me. And he's he's a great player. And I'm glad that uh, Joseph Sy paid the luxury tax, was not cheap, and brought back Joe Harris because we had no other choice. And he will chase this hopeful championship with all of us. Yeah, and, and you know what? Joe Harris is the kind of guy that if you're looking to win an NBA title, he's the kind of guy that you need on your team. He's not going to be somebody that's going to be spectacular for you, but he's going to be someone that has a specific niche on that team, and he's going to do it, and he's going to do it very, very well. If you look at all the top teams, they have certain role players that do certain things to help the team be better. And that is exactly what Joe Harris is for the Nets. He's kind of like, and I I know that, 
you know, it's it's not the same sort of deal, but it's kind of like what Duncan Robinson is for the Miami Heat. That yep. he's just that guy that takes the rock, shoot, that's it. That's what Joe Harris is for the Nets. And, you know, Miami has that reliable three-point guy. And look, they rode, they rode that all the way to the NBA Finals. And, you know, there's no telling that what the Nets can do this year, especially if they have that talented core playing a full slate of games. And I watch a lot of Nets games, almost every single one. He's a very underrated finisher, too. Yes, he is. Yes, very, he is. Very I think underrated. he's an underrated player, period. Yeah. Period. Me too. He, he, he his, numbers not... would, his numbers would go way up on another team. I'll tell you that much. Oh, he would he would be playing, you're talking 25, 30 minutes if he's yeah. if he's on another team. Absolutely. He, he would be the first guy that you're putting in the starting lineup, and you know, that's that. But look, he he's got a role, like I said, on a on a team that could potentially contend for, net, for an NBA title in uh, in Brooklyn. So we move on from the NBA and we are going to go into the part of the show where I think Jake is most excited to talk about. And that is of course our beloved NFL. And if you thought that maybe you were coming here and not getting to hear about the NFL, well, Sorry about that, because we are talking about the NFL is the only thing that is currently on right now. So guess what? Tough luck. So we are talking about the NFL coaching hot seat. And so what we're going to do here is I just have some names written down of guys that I think, you know, are facing the axe and we're going to go through them and we're going to talk about, you know, why they should be fired, maybe why they shouldn't be fired. And we're going to rate them based on how likely they are uh, to get fired. So we'll start here with Dallas Cowboys coach, Mike McCarthy. And what I think there is, <laughs> you, said, oh, you, you said that we, how likely it is they're fired or how much, we think they should be fired. Two very uh, different questions. It's two very different questions. How how much they deserve to be fired? Mike McCarthy's like a thirteen. But, but what's the but for the sake of the program? How, how likely, likely we how think it is. likely they are to be fired? I'm gonna go with a one. Honestly, I don't I don't think he's there's any chance Jerry's firing him. Just putting it very blank. Does he deserve to be fired? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> are you kidding me? Okay, I, I'm I'm just glad we're on the same page. But he's not one. he's not gonna be fired. That's not no. Jerry's mo. No, he he's not gonna fire a coach in year one unless it's yeah. Jimmy Johnson after delivering two Super Bowls. And to, we know uh, to his team. And we know Mike McCarthy saying yes, sir, yes, Jerry, this will be done. Come on, of course it, it, that's part of the job. Of course he is. Are you kidding? If Jerry wants a glass of water. Mike McCarthy's going to say, with or without ice, yeah, glass just, cup or plastic. Jason Garrett would know very well. How do you think he was employed for all those years? Jason Garrett ruined 10 years of my life. Well. And now we got Mike uh, McCarthy, who, who, by the way, owes at least five years of Aaron Rodgers' career back. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm just thinking of Mike McCarthy, and I'm just thinking how badly I wanted Mike McCarthy. But instead, we somehow – I'm sorry. I, w I won't go on a tangent. Now, 
Jake, maybe maybe you can humor me here. Maybe you can educate me on something else because this is something that uh, it, it, it flusters me. Really does. Why did people doubt Aaron Rodgers? Doubt Aaron Rodgers this season? Just period. Or coming out of college, like what? No, just I, I when he what... he well he won he won the Super Bowl. And then people would say that Aaron Rodgers, I would say between think, 2015 yeah. and was a little bit of a diva. Yeah. 17. What I, yeah. what I, my answer to that is because we've seen NFL players kind of go off the rails a little bit, if that makes sense. True. Where Antonio Brown was never a diva. And then one day he rolled out of bed and was like, <laughs> I'm out, you know, well, going to get he, cool hair, you know. He also got assassinated on NFL field by Vontez Perfect, but that's that's an entirely that, that different discussion. Another, that is true, but guys, that, fans usually are very old school where I I couldn't tell you why we all doubted Aaron Rodgers, but I just feel like fans side more with coaches that have won a Super Bowl. It's always, oh, this coach won a Super Bowl. He knows what he's talking about. Who's this guy to question him? You get what I'm saying? No, I completely do because that's exactly what's happening in Philadelphia with our next coach, Doug Peterson. How likely? I think he's about a – I think it's like a 60-40 shot, so I'm going to go 6 out of 10. I didn't give mine for Mike McCarthy. The odds that Mike McCarthy gets fired are, I would say, out of 10, a negative 500. Yeah, he's not getting fired. No. No, but I, I think Doug Peterson's got got a good shot. I would say 60-40. I think the people of Philadelphia are done, and I think Doug Peterson, believe it or not, is just like I could get another job. I don't need to be here. He I absolutely can. I'm can. The Carson Wentz for the next couple of years. I'm out. Well, I mean, now now here's one for for you, and maybe I would save it till we get to to Adam Gaze, but I'll I'll throw the question out there now. Doug Peterson gets fired. God. Joe Douglas with his background with the Eagles. Are we missing something? <laughs> yeah, we talked about this on the Jets Way podcast. Um, God, no, I, think I would. I, be I, I, I would. I would. I let's just say I. I would prefer to be in the trunk of your vehicle that was stolen when it was stolen, and never come out of that trunk, <laughs> than have my, have Doug Peterson coach my football team after <laughs> we just hired Adam Gase two years ago. To answer your question. <laughs> That's that, that's how I would feel. That answers the question. <laughs> yes, like, it does. I, I, I why do, I don't even want to think about that. I, I'm I'm appalled that you would even have the audacity to ask me that. How do you think I'm gonna feel? Feel good? Oh no, but b- believe me, I would I I actually if the New York Jets hire don't, no, just th- th- I don't want John D. Filippo. No, or, I don't want him either. Uh, no, I. If they hire John DiFilippo or that guy who's currently coaching in Philadelphia, I will spare the name for you. I think I would actually feel sorry for the New York Jets, for the New York Jets fans. I would no. actually feel sorry for you, no, which says a lot. Neither is going to happen. I'm just going to say to myself, neither is going to happen. Just, I can't put myself through it. It's <laughs> it's going to be okay. We're going to keep losing. We got a plan. No. Next. Here's. Here's a bonus question for you. Is I think Doug Peterson getting fired is a 7 out of 10. Does Carson Wentz finish the year as the starter? Yeah. And you think he does? Yeah, I think he does. A bearing okay. injury. Okay. All right. That's fair enough. 
So let's move on to the next coach on the list, and it is Los Angeles Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn. Uh, There have just been coaching decisions that have been made that are questionable at best by the Los Angeles Chargers. Most recently, the usage of Austin Eckler in their latest game on Sunday against Buffalo Bills and the very, very, very questionable decision at the end of the game when they were down by two scores to decide to run the ball with 14 (laughs) seconds to go with no timeouts. You don't do that. Um, Anthony Lynn, I would say, I would say he's in the same range as Doug Peterson. I think the only thing I can kind of save him is the fact that Justin Herbert has looked flat out terrific. And it looks like there is a comfort level that Justin Herbert has playing for Anthony Lynn. So I would say a seven out of 10, but it would be higher if there were question marks, about Justin Herbert, but as of right now, Justin Herbert looks, he looks terrific. Yeah, I think he's definitely a goner. I'm going to go with an eight. Um, I mm. think the simple solution for Herbert looking great, you keep Pep Hamilton on and make him the offensive and just keep him on as offensive coordinator. It's, yeah. I tell you right now. I, and, and you keep rolling. I wouldn't be surprised if that's that, what they decided to do. No, I, I think that is what they're going to do because Anthony Lynn probably deserves to be fired more than any of the just discussed besides Adam Gase. This, yeah. this this is just it's it's abysmal. They almost yeah. lost the Jets because of Anthony Lynn. That's how bad it is. Well, I can tell you that the good news for Anthony Lynn, well, I, I don't know if I would say good news, is there was one other coach that deserved to be fired over Anthony Lynn that was not named Adam Gaze, and he was just fired, and that was Matt Patricia. Okay. So, Very fair. So Matt Patricia got the boot before Anthony Lynn did, but I think Anthony Lynn. He he could be good as gone, and you know what? I think he'll he'll hop on as as maybe a, a coordinator somewhere, or maybe he'll get another head coaching opportunity. Um, but we'll have to see because it's really just been. I mean, but you're talking really, you're splitting hairs between the Chargers potentially being right outside the playoff picture with some of these close losses that they've had, and it just unfortunately hasn't really gone their way. Uh, this season. Um, so let's get to the other coaches that I think could be fired. Uh, here's one, but I don't know if it's really going to happen. So I don't know if I want to spend too much time on it. Uh, Vic Fangio in Denver. I would say it's kind of like a five creeping on a six. I'm going to go with a four. I think. He's had a lot of tough luck this year with quarterbacks, man. Yeah, he has. He's had really, really tough luck. I don't think Drew Locke is the answer there. No, neither do I. I think they need, and John Elway, since other than Peyton Manning, the quarterbacks that he's trotted out there. Oh, Maron. Yeah. So I'm going to go with, uh, yeah, I don't think Locke's the answer, but I'm going to go with the four. I think Elway doesn't want to keep changing coaches every two years. Or he gave Vance Joseph one year, right? Yeah. So yep. I don't I think they give Fangio another year. I agree. I agree. I think the pressure will be on Fangio next year to deliver. But I think as as for right now, I think his job is uh, is very, very safe. Uh this one I think is a nine out of ten. Doug Marone, head coach for the Jaguars. I think it's a ten out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know what the one is that's keeping me from saying ten out of ten, but yeah, it's a near. Maybe he's got maybe maybe Doug Marone has like pictures of the owner that he's blackmailing him with, or something he has over the owner. Because how is he still the coach this year? Is the real I question. Ha- I, honestly, I have no idea. But let me. Was that the last coach you were going to mention, or do you still have uh, another or two? Oh no, we have one more coach. I want. I want to see Don't if another. Ma- I want to see if this one coach makes your list. That that's all I was getting to. It's Adam Case. Oh, I, I mean, well, who was who was <laughs> the other one that you that you had in mind? Is it is it who I think it is? Does he currently coach the Minnesota Vikings? That is. I thought about putting him on here. I I don't. Know, I thought man. about it. Oh, I mean, look, you can't fire him. You you I, their biggest yeah. problems are cousins. Yeah, I mean, Zach Taylor wasn't even a consideration for you to put on this, or no, no, no. Because I, I think I, again, it it really falls in line with Anthony Lynn, Justin Herbert. I think Joe Burrow looked excellent with with Zach Taylor, but I think Dude, he is. Oh my god, a lot. They should have fired him before this year. They, that's very true. They, they probably should have, but a lot hinges on Joe Burrow coming back and at least proving something next year for Zach Taylor to keep his job because I, the usage of what he does in terms of that offense and the play calls that he decides to make are just absolutely horrific. And Joe Mixon, I am so sorry that you have to deal with Zach Taylor. I, re- I really, really am. Um, but yeah, Mike Zimmer... That is one for me. I didn't put on here because I just don't think he does. He deserves to be fired. That's like a that's like a zero for me. And if if he, if he chance, is fired, man. if he is fired, you're gonna have ten teams that'll be looking to bring him in. Yeah, he's one that would get fired and hired right away. He would be he would be this year's version of what Ron Rivera was last year. Yeah, Ron Rivera would get fired and hired. Immediately. Mike Zimmer would be the exact same. So now we get to where we've all wanted to get to. And that is, of course, the aforementioned Mr. Adam Gaze. Ah. There's no, he's a, it's already been announced he won't be back. Not by it, the Jets, but Adam Schefter said he's not. he won't be back. I think he won't be back. Yeah, he, well, this isn't even one to talk about. No, like, he's this, gone. Is not, this is not one to talk about in terms of the what ifs. Because Adam Gaze is gone. Adam gone. Gaze is is finite. That's done. But I guess the conversation that I'm kind of shifting towards here is obviously very grateful for Adam Gaze completely stinking up the joint with the New York Jets because now you're going to get Trevor Lawrence. So congratulations to you. We hope. We, we hope. <laughs> you hope. Yes. He could pull. He could pull a complete 180 and decide that he's not going to declare. But he's going to declare. He's going to. I guess the real question is for you, Mr. New York Jet fan, who's the head coach you want to hire? Uh, and you're gonna sl- you're gonna kill me, man. I want Jim Harbaugh. Oh no! I no. I am a big believer that he is an NFL coach. He belongs in the NFL. I'm a big believer that he's a program fixer. It might not end well. It might not end on the best of terms. He might not get along with everybody. He will hurt. He people's hardly feelings. ever does. But I tell you what, man, we need that type of coach. We need a guy to come in here and say, damn it. 
we what is this that we're trying to build build what we're going to get in here next year and we're going to win something we're going to a, a guy that's going to challenge players that you're going to listen when he speaks this isn't joe blow coordinator coming in here saying hey guys i led this really cool offense last year uh i'm new to head coaching we're a family all this cliche bs we're going to guy get a guy in here and be like listen uh this is my way we're going to do it this way. We're going to punch this team in the mouth. We're going to do this. We're going to do that and inflict some type of swagger to this football team that I have not seen since Rex Ryan left the building. And that's what we need. We need energy in here, man. We need a new quarterback. We need a new, we need a coach with a track record that's known for fixing things that has energy can galvanize the troops, get the fan base buzzing. I'm, I'm for it, man. We need this energy at MetLife stadium next year. Humor me with this suggestion, will you? Let's just say, let's play this little hypothetical game. And I know that I like, the odds I like of this, hypothetical games. I know the odds of this happening are about negative a million, but let's just daydream, shall we? If Dabo Sweeney decides that he wants I to make the coming. jump, not I'm not interested. Okay, All right. not interested. I don't I, think I wouldn't be either. I, I would not be, be interested. I, I Nick Saban obviously would be the, but that, that's definitely not happening. No, but Harbaugh is my guy. Harbaugh, okay. I will, I will, I've been batting the table for Harbaugh to be the Jets head coach. Okay, since I can't even remember. That's my guy, and uh, you know, I, I don't think it's gonna happen. I know Woody Johnson's a big fan, and Woody Johnson's coming back from the UK, right? So, but if we're talking realistic options. Um, I would probably say Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator of the Panthers. would be he, He'd be a great hire. hire. He'd I be think great that, hire. Would, that would be, if we're going to go the coordinator route, I think Matt Campbell is going to be a really good head coach. I think yeah. he's going to be better. Than, I'm not a big Matt Rule fan. I never was of him coming out of Baylor. I always thought, you know, Baylor, they were never, they were just, oh, they were all right. Hey, you know what, though? What? Give Matt Rule, give Matt right. Rule credit. Because the Carolina offense, without their what? best player, Without their, I, I, hear, I know where you're going with this, but I'm going to get you. No, no, no. Without their best player and Teddy Bridgewater, who is very, very meh, has been somewhat competent. Why, why are we giving rule this year? Though no, Brady, Brady runs the offense in Carolina. Yeah, but Matt Rule has to build the overall foundation. That team could have been Dude, god on, man. awful. The play that, calling. Uh, dude, Brady, that's all Joe Brady, man. That's it is not, all Joe Brady. It. it is all Matt Joe Brady. Rose, I understand. But Matt Rule's the head coach. I get it. Yeah. I get it, though. I get where you're going with that. But that ship could have sank quick. I get it. But why? I, I don't care. I'd rather. I get it. I Because I, we're a tanking team. But they. But you know why, what? Why do I need to thrive for a ship that's not going to sink? Why can't we get a coach in here where we're going into war again? I, I told this to my co host last night. We're going into war with Bill Belichick for an eternity. We got to deal with the Bills' high-powered offense. Another candidate that I like a lot, Brian Dable. I think yeah. Josh Allen will miss him a lot in his career. I think he's mm-hmm. a big reason why he's made those big jumps in his career. Um, and also Miami, Brian Flores, a hell of a head coach. We have to play some high, some high-level football teams. We can't yeah. go in here with the mindset, oh, we need to just be competitive. You think Jim Harbaugh is going to be off? Oh, this Brian Flores is a great coach. I'm really honored to coach against him. He's going to be like, no, I'm going to go in there and blow his doors off. Let's go. Is anyone with me? The bus is leaving now. Jim Jim Harbaugh meeting at at, at uh, the 50-yard line, shaking Bill Belichick's oh, dude, hand. I need, that I need would it. just be must-see television. I need it. 
I need. I, oh I, my god! It would it would be like Rex came back. That's, it really that's would be. I I I need it back, man. I I'm not. God, I can't have another zombie like Todd Bowles. I can't have an incompetent, arrogant asshole. I don't curse a lot, by the way. That's one thing with me. Asshole, Adam Gase. We need a we need someone. We need a commodity. It's time. Break open the checkbook. Move the family down to New Jersey. Not the biggest fan of the state, but <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna say I am. And let's go. Let's go to war. I'll leave. I'll leave it with this. If it's not Harbaugh, who? I just told you, Joe Brady. That's who Joe I Brady. want. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I would say Joe Brady. Anybody else? I, I like Campbell. I like okay. Dable. I okay. think the enemy is being hyped up way too much. I agree with you. Um, we want to get on Gates for Peyton Manning. I could say the same thing about, <laughs> and we get on, you know, Mike McCarthy. Ryan Ryan. This is Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. What's the enemy doing? <laughs> Come on. And we've seen an offensive coordinator go from Andy Reid's being Andy Reid's wingman yeah. to Nagy and Peterson really don't look very good. Y- yeah. Yeah. So, I completely agree with you. And I maybe, would, I, maybe one those, more. How about yeah. how about Arthur Smith, offensive coordinator for the Titans? Is Derrick Henry coming with him? <laughs> fair. Very fair. But I wouldn't hate it. I would I but here's a wild card for you that I think is very likely too that you mentioned the Douglas connections, a guy who I would be very perceptive to, because I think this, this showed me that he knew where football was going was Don Wink Martindale, the Ravens defensive coordinator. Huh, that, that is an outside the box one. Exactly. He, but you know, fun fact, he interviewed for the giants job last year. Mm-hmm. Did you yes. know who his offensive coordinator was going to be? If he got the job, was it going to be, don't tell. Don't tell me it was going to be uh, Joe Brady. It was going to be Joe Brady. It was. It was. So that tells me he knows where the league is heading. That's why I don't think. And he would be more of that CEO type of, like a Mike Tomlin kind of coach. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I can get structure. behind that one. Yeah, he would bring but, structure. But we're gonna end this conversation. I'm sorry. I I really don't want to get too off topic with the Jets on this on this show because well, no, we're, talk we're about listen. It's, this it's is it's a very relevant. It's a big coaching job. I get it, but. We're going to end this conversation with this. Don't come to me with Jason Garrett. Don't come to me with Matt Nagy. Don't come to me with Bill O'Brien. Don't come to me with Doug Peterson. Uh, No ex-rejects. None. I don't want them. Let them go suck somewhere else. No. Just that's all I don't. That's all I ask. Preach. I I, listen. I don't blame you. I don't blame you for for feeling that way at all. Honestly. Because that's that's how I would be, quite personally. Is yeah. I would not, I would want someone new, someone that is exciting, and someone's going to galvanize the fan base and bring something to this organization that absolutely one hundred percent needs it. And don't feel sorry for talking about the Jets because we were talking about Adam Gaze, and this was this was the conversation that we were going to have at some point. So we might as we're well having, we're going to have it again at some point too. We're probably going to have it again <laughs> at some point. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So. That is the NFL hot seat conversation done and dusted. Now it is time for the one part of the show that I think I have been looking forward to probably the most, I would say. And this has been a great show, but we are now getting to the part of the program where this is where the inner gambler 
and Jake oh, and I are about to come go, out. Man. It is time for Basement Bets. Let's do it. So the way this is going to work is basically Jake and I have ran through some bets for the next couple of days. For I would say ideally the next day or two. And then for the slate of weekend games for college and the NFL, of course. So basically what we're going to do is we're just going to run through, uh, give you some of our best bets that we like for the weekend. And because time actually does allow, we are actually going to go through the NFL games and we're going to give our uh, best bets uh, for those games, probably one or two that we would take, you know, whether we talk about the spread or over under or potential player props, something like that. So uh, Jake, you want to uh, give us your uh, your four or five, however many you have uh, bets for I'm, the weekend? I'm sticking with just the NFL this weekend because sure. I, I'm one of those betters where I like to bet on things where I think I have a really good feel, if you know what I'm saying. Absolutely. And for college football, I watch college football, but for me to bet on a team, I don't like betting on bad college football teams, if that makes sense. Like if I – I want to bet on Alabama. I want to bet on LSU when that when their LSU was good, like last year. You know, obviously not Joe Burrow, LSU. Yes, exactly. Like Clemson, Ohio State, and then you get to your teams. Like I bet on Indiana a couple times this year when they were running strong. Northwestern in the beginning of the year, I bet like teams like that. I don't like betting on like Penn State or, or Michigan. No, no, no. no. You know, I, I got so, a I got a funny story about that too. Before I let you continue. So in a parlay that Matt had over the weekend, my brother Matt, real producer for the Basement Talk podcast, he actually had in a parlay, he actually took Michigan in the points against Penn State. Yeah, that that's that's just burning money right there. I, I literally and, said to him, I said, are you out of your mind? I would not even touch that game with a 20-foot pole. But I will let our audience know, and this is the known thing with my with my friend group, I, my best sport, arguably, is picking the UFC. Very, I'm. This this weekend's card is very very rocky. But next weekend, gonna make some people some money. So That's next, so next say. week, basement bets will be. Uh, will be we'll, we, we will have diving it, we into will, the UFC. Yes, we will have some UFC bets in there. But we're I'm sticking looking forward with, to it. We're sticking with the NFL. Um, my favorite bet of the week. And we're going to we're going to have to swallow some points here. Okay. But I think it's very safe. And that is the Tennessee Titans minus five and a half at home against the Cleveland Browns. I love my favorite one. bet of the week. I love that. Uh, Baker is Baker. Browns finally play a real team. Titans are in a division race. I think the Titans win by at least a touchdown. I think that's an easy five and a half to swallow. I have the Lions plus three at the Bears. Fire the head coach. Take the points, Mitch Trubisky. I have the Patriots and a pick em. Wisdom beats the young quarterback nine times out of ten. I like my odds there. I have the Rams off of a loss. Against division rival on the road, the Cardinals, a less physical team that's going to make Jared Goff feel very comfortable and give him all the time in the world. And then here's my up, not really my upset of the week because it's only a, a one point spread. I'm going to go to the Monday night game. I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers at home against the Buffalo Bills because I think it's a classic look ahead game for Buffalo because they play Pittsburgh next week. They're all going to be energized. 
ready to go. They're looking ahead to that game. The Niners get some pieces back. They looked very in sync, and the Niners' season is still very much alive with the win. They get back to 500. They believe in their coaching staff. I'm taking the Niners at home. That is not an easy road trip for Buffalo, who plays Pittsburgh next week and could be looking ahead. I'm taking the Niners Monday night. Wow. Very, very interesting. I mean, I, I, I understand I understand the the thinking behind it and the rationale, but very interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, listen, I like it. I like it a lot. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm actually – I was behind all of them. And I, I, I definitely like him a lot. So, Jake, some good bets. Good bets, friend. I'm curious to see how I do. So, I I have mine. And mine are, mine are not NFL, believe it or not. I do have wow, one that's, okay. that's – I do have one that's, that, that is NFL. And this is one that I think is going to be a little bit surprising for some people. Maybe, maybe if not. It, if it's the Jets plus eight, I'm turning off and uh, you have a nice night. Uh, no, no, I wouldn't say that. I actually, I don't think this is much of a surprise. Then please it is continue. The, it is the Dolphins and the Bengals. I am going under 43. I think that, that is one that just has the under. It screams the under for that. So 43 is where I'm going for that. Um, and then now this is where I branch off into a world that you are not familiar with, Jake. Um, I am going with Leicester City, even against Sheffield United in the Premier League. I am going for Bayer Leverkusen with minus one versus Schalke in the Bundesliga. I think those two are pretty safe bets. Schalke are an absolute mess. Sheffield United only have one point in the Premier League so far this season. So Leicester being one of the informed teams in the Premier League should have no problem at the very least uh, coming away with three points in that matchup. And then a college basketball one for you. I am going with Minnesota minus 20 and a half versus North Dakota. Minnesota are at home. They look fantastic to start the season. They are a fantastic three-point shooting team. And I think with that minus 20 and a half, I wouldn't be too scared by that large of a spread. I think that that is one that they can definitely obtain given the last time out. Minnesota went on a 24 to two run to start the game and their spread at that point was minus 18 and a half. So they get a little bit of an uptick for their next matchup versus North Dakota, who let's just face it. North Dakota is not going to really taking it to Minnesota. We don't think. Yeah. Just to go off of your picks, you could have been making up those soccer teams. <laughs> I, I would have been like, yeah, uh, those ah. are soccer teams. Um, so uh, yay. Soccer. Uh, as far as college basketball goes, I am an avid college basketball better, believe it or not, but I have a rule with college basketball. Okay. I need to see the first couple of weeks of the season for me to start laying some money on some teams. Fair, fair. I and, need to see it. And that's where I think, like, for example, when the Gonzaga-West Virginia game happened, the line for that was, I believe some people got it at nine, but I believe it settled at eight and a half. That for me, I, I stayed away because I said, you know, I don't know. I know enough about Gonzaga where I know, you know, what they are. And they're, listen, they're one of the best teams in the country. They should be pushing for at the very least a spot in the Elite Eight, Final Four come March Madness. But there's just something about Gonzaga that when I bet on them, they're just one of those teams where it's just like, ugh. they they never, ever pull through for me. 
And that's why I just, I stay there, away. There would be some nights last year where I would go down on a day and I would just be like, fuck it, Gonzaga to cover. And they would cover for me. So I can't, yeah. I can't speak too badly on the Zags. Uh, but yeah, college basketball, I need to see it. Um, the NFL, I don't bet over unders. I don't know what it is. I just They're never, scary. I never have a feel. So I stick with what I think is a feel. I don't do teasers. I don't do parlays. I just okay. do straight up. I think Vegas makes all their money off of teasers and parlays, so I stay away. Parlays, they absolutely do. Teasers, oh, oh, teasers. I've had very are good meant success to tease you. with this year. They're meant to tease you, so I'm not. I'm not going to fall. I, a very wise man once told me, I've never once seen a teaser that I thought I could lose. You know, that's that's some poetry. Where'd you get that out of a Shel Silverstein novel? Is that was that from the Giving Tree? You know what? It it might have just been like a night out, just like you know, having some adult refreshments and <laughs> other adult activities. Who knows? Um, <laughs> and we were just hanging out, talking about football the next day, and someone brought up a teaser, and then one of my buddies said that, and I go. That really stuck with me. And this was like, this was years ago. I want to say this was like sophomore year of college type of stuff. Jesus. So, yeah, well, that, it, it, it stuck with me for a while. That's some poetry. If I ever heard it. Yeah, no, ra- absolutely. So over-under is not my thing. Teasers parlay is not my thing. Soccer, uh, not even. Foreign country. The, yeah, just another thing. <laughs> um, And uh, what was the other pick? Uh, college, bas- college basketball, college basketball, two so- yeah. so you had a college basketball, two soccer, an NFL. Yes, and that was it. Oh, you had four. Yep, that was it. Yep, I just oh. had four. Okay, okay, I just had four. So we have enough time to go into the full slate of NFL games. I think Jake pretty much covered all of, well, most of the games that you know with the spreads and, and all of that. So I think. I think the best way to do it here is just go through, give our picks for each and maybe a player prop that we, if it comes out, uh, we would be all over. So the first game we'll talk about uh, really, really quick. I know I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on, uh, on these games because we could be here forever. And we both know that. So uh, lions plus three versus the bears over under is 45. Uh, I think Jake and I both are on the, uh, the lions, correct? Absolutely love the lines. Uh, I would even go out and say, depending on what the TJ Hawkinson reception line is for this matchup, if it is anywhere from four and a half to five and a half, I think I would be be taking that four and a half. I definitely would five and a half. I'm not sure, but I think four and a half should be good enough where it would hit. Maybe the safer bet would be look at his total yards. Would never waste my time on a sports book looking for a TJ Hawkinson prop. <laughs> well, if there's a player prop that I would go for in this game, I think it would be that one. Or if you want something really safe, just go Allen Robinson over receptions, whatever it is, especially with, yeah. with, with Chubisky being the starter. If, if you hate yourself that much and want to bet on the Bears offense, go ahead and do that. Jake, there are three guarantees in life. Death, taxes, and Mitch Chubisky's first read being Allen Robinson. Let's make that. And DJ LeMahieu and runners with runners in scoring position. That true. Okay, so there are four guarantees in life. There you go. Thank you. Uh, Bengals, Dolphins. Uh, 
Dolphins have 11 and a half on Cincinnati. I am not touching that spread. No, thank you. The money line is even more grotesque at minus 600. Again, I think the under 43 would be the play here. And I would even recommend that if you see a Ryan Fitzpatrick over one and a half touchdowns, I think that would be the way I would go. I would go as far up as maybe one minus 170. If it's minus 225 or anywhere in that range, I would not touch it. If I bet the game, I'd probably bet Bengals points. Because yeah, I it, don't yeah. think Miami, I would never take Miami swallowing that much points. But I would never yep. bet this game, so that's no, I wouldn't bet this game either, but if I had to pick one with a gun to my head, I would say Bengals plus 11.5 would be the way I would go as well. Uh, the Colts at the Houston Texans plus 3.5 for the Texans. Over-under for this game, 50.5. I like the under for this game at under 50.5. And, and I actually am going to take the Texans plus 3.5 here. Yeah, I thought about putting this one on my list, but I'm going to go with the opposite. I'm going to take the Colts minus three and a half in a big divisional game. I just think they're playing for something and the Texans aren't. And yeah. the will, and I think Will Fuller will be missed in that offense. Fair, fair. I think that, that that's one that I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch this game because it's putting my money in Phillip Rivers, and I just never, ever want that to happen because it's I never, yep, yeah. bad news written all over it. So, and another small thing with the Colts this game, because uh, I know a lot of our listeners will probably contemplate betting this because it's a smaller spread on NFL Sunday. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor returns for the Colts, um, yeah. coming off of probably his best game as a pro against the Packers and a big Colts win. I think the Colts understand that that's the guy they have to get going if they want to do something this season. And I think him coming back against a Texans team that just allowed two rushing touchdowns to Adrian Peterson. If you want to take a player prop, I think Jonathan Taylor scoring a touchdown at any time is a really strong bet. I agree or with you. I, yards or what it carries, whatever. I was going to say over yards would be the way that I would go, depending or on carries. what it is. Because I would uh, – and carries, yeah. Because I honestly – I don't think the odds would be too terrible. I think maybe if you're talking about over, let's say it's 62 and a half. I would, I would slam be, that. That could be a realistic one that I think Vegas would set. You're probably talking about maybe – minus 140 minus 150 and at that i would slam it i yeah. I really really would i i agree with you jake i think that's a really really good bet there uh jaguars plus 10 and a half at minnesota uh give me minnesota and the points there i'm gonna bet jacksonville with the i'm not gonna bet it but i would take jacksonville with the points because i think they looked pretty competent with glennon at, at quarterback <laughs> last week and i don't think i would never take her cousins uh in general and her cousins by more than two possessions no thanks Fair. And the over-under for this game is 51. I am actually going to take the over here. I would never take anything again, but I would probably side with Vikings are home, you said? Vikings are home. Yep. So they'll score. I would go over. Okay. Yeah. I mean, all they need, all you really need is you would be talking about, you know, 30 points from the Vikings and 20 points from the Jaguars. And, you know, Jaguars can score. Yeah, they absolutely can. And Mike Lennon looked, he looked really, really good last week. So. Uh, that's one. And then I think if there's a player prop in this game that I would be looking to, uh, to go for, uh, I, I mean, I hate to be this guy because it just, it just feels like it's the play every single week, but, uh, Dalvin cook over total yards, whatever the hell that is slam it. I like the Adam Thielen over catches. Yep. CJ Henderson hurts. Uh, Cindy Jones hurt. Kirk cousins at home. Yep. We'll feel comfortable. Even, even Justin Jefferson. 
I think that one could be okay. And I would also – Both big days ahead. Yeah, and I think you could even particularly look at – I mean, it also comes down to what the injury situation is with Irv Smith if he is going to play in this game, the young tight end for the Vikings. But I think a, a long shot sort of play, if you're looking for something that could really cash, if it hits, Kyle Rudolph anytime touchdown. Not a terrible one. I think that could be one that has some sort of value because the Jaguars are not particularly good in defending the tight end. Thank you. Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Go check that out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever you find your podcasts. Raiders and the New York Jets, uh, minus nine for the Raiders. Over under in this game is at 47. I would say under 47 here, and I would take Raiders in the points. Raiders don't travel particularly well, but the Jets are tanking and they're quitting on their coach. I would take the Raiders with the points off of two losses. Under is the play for this game, if you were to bet it. Yep. I think that's a really strong play. I agree with you. And if there's a player prop in this game that I would go with, I would say Derek Carr over one and a half touchdowns, probably the way I would go. I would go as far up as minus 180 on that one. And then I would also go Devontae Booker anytime touchdown if Devontae Booker is the starter, if Josh Jacobs is out. A long shot uh, player prop, Henry Ruggs, anytime touchdown. Yep. I, I, think he could, I think he could break one. Yep. And he almost he almost did last week against yep. Atlanta. So that could that could be one that that absolutely pays some dividends as well. Uh New Orleans minus three at Atlanta, uh over 45, I think is the play there. And I would say I'm actually gonna give this plus three to Atlanta. I like Atlanta. I think it's tough to sweep a division team. Atlanta's playing better defense. Um, Taysom Hill, I'll never be sold on him. Nope. So I'm going to go with Atlanta, even though I bet Atlanta the last time these two teams played, and I was better off just putting my money to a fucking – I'm allowed to curse on the show. Oh, absolutely. You're allowed to curse. Go for it. I would just put my money on a fucking fire pit. That's that's what I would do. Um, Take a fucking blowtorch to it. Yeah. So, yeah, I would go Atlanta, and I would go over, and player props. Um, by the way, is Julio Jones going to play this week? Because uh, does he know that my fantasy teams need to win this week, that he's on, and that he's just been constantly teasing me, and, oh, I'm going to trade him. Oh, I'm not. He's back. He's healthy. And now I'm stuck with the asshole. I do love Julio Jones. He's not an asshole. but Oh, I love when he, I love When, he, love when he's hurt, him. he's an asshole. But, um, hey, you know what? The amount of times this year, dude, I had – it was a trade-off for one of my fantasy leagues where I was offered Julio Jones for Allen Robinson straight up. And the amount of times that I've gone back and forth the season and said, shit, I wish I'd made that fucking trade. And then you see, he puts up 40 points and you're like, I'm a genius. And said, I'm a fucking genius. I'm Einstein. Thank God I didn't make that trade. It's, it's endless. I feel like it's once a week. I go back and forth on it. But if he plays, I take the over. Yep. Whatever he is. Because when he plays, he plays, when he plays, he's good. He balls. Even when he's healthy, even when he's not healthy, he still yeah. still puts up numbers. So him back doesn't really like the Saints. I would go Julio over. And I would also take Michael Thomas over as well. I was just about to say that. Michael Thomas over. I think that would be the move for me. And do I dare say, depending on what the number is for Kamara total yards, I would consider looking at the under because I think it could be a value play especially if Kamara is not 100% like they are talking about dealing with a foot injury right now. So there could be some value at under Alvin Kamara total yards there. Maybe you're talking about maybe plus 150, somewhere where in that range. I think that it could be excellent value. Yeah. 
Right else. So we go into the next game, and it is the Browns and the Titans. I agree with you, Jake. The five and a half for me is what I like for the Titans. Over under in this game is 53. I am going for the under if I had to choose. This is the over-unders here. I would never bet that, but yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, but if I had to pick one, I would say the under there. Uh, now we're in the four o'clock window. Uh, I should have prefaced this at the start, so forgive me for not uh, doing it. Uh, the Ravens Cowboys lines have not been released yet, so I think it is more to do with uh, the Tuesday game and yeah, whatever they, the Ravens are, bet that. Yeah, whatever the Ravens are, just 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 bet it. Yes, correct. Unless of course Lamar Jackson is not playing, but odds are that he is going to be playing. I think I'd still bet it. I think I would too. <laughs> so we move into the four o'clock window giants against the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks minus 10 for me is the play over under 47. I am actually going to go with the under. Shouldn't shock anybody. Yeah. Again, I wouldn't bet it. No, it's uh, t- you, it's going to be tight. It's going to be say, tight. What did, what did you say the line was again? Minus 10 for Seattle. I wouldn't lay the points. I wouldn't bet that game in general. No, I would stay. I would stay away from that game if I had a choice. Um, a player prop, though, that I do very, very much like is DK Metcalf anytime touchdown in this game. James Bradbury is pretty good, though. He is very good, but he has not faced DK Metcalf, and we have seen DK Metcalf, the only corner so far this season that has really been able to say they've held DK Metcalf yeah. in check, is Jalen. Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. It's been the yeah. only one. So I I think DK Metcalf anytime touchdown could be a good one. I th- I and you know what? I I do I dare even say to bet something on the Giants offense, but I kind of like Sterling Shepard over receptions as well. I think that could be one that returns some nice value. And I don't think that the number is going to be too extraordinarily high. I think four and a half receptions probably would be the number. And I think I would take the over on that one. I'd go Evan Ingram over catches. See, that's an interesting one because I, I'm if I were to bet that. it, I would never bet any of that, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm debating right now because of course, waiver day for fantasy football is uh, on Friday. And I'm debating. I'm having a real, real tough time on whether or not to start Evan Ingram this week for fantasy. And Mike Kosicki is sitting there on waivers, and I just put in like a $2 bid for him on Fab. And hopefully I'll be able to uh, to get him. But if I do, and it's between Kosicki and Ingram, I'm going to have a real decision to make. So we'll we'll have to wait and see on that one. If Fitzpatrick starts, I'd go Kosicki. Yep, that, that's exactly how I'm operating, is if Fitzpatrick is the guy. Gasicki is the play for me. Rams minus three at Arizona. I would probably this is this screams like a trap game for me that Vegas would just want you to just level level Arizona with the points. But I see through this Rams minus three for me. I think the Rams, I think the Rams win. I think they might blow them out there, to be honest. I mean, listen, if they lose, I'm going to look dumb, but the Rams match up really, really well against Arizona. Aaron Donald is going to have an absolute field day. I And Hopkins will be neutralized, too. 
I Rams, eh? hate this game with a passion. Stay. I'm all over the Rams. Away. Over under 48. I would take the under with a gun to my head. I would too. I think the Rams defense will carry them to a victory. I'm going to go. go. Let's say 23. 14. Okay. Rather low scoring. That's pretty sizable. Yeah. It's pretty sizable. And I think a player prop this for this game. I would go Cam Akers over yards. Dude, I hope. I hope. But I, I don't know. Cam- if a player prop that I personally love for this game is Cooper Cup over receptions. I think he's I think it's gonna be a big Cooper Cup day where Jared yeah. Goff is gonna be comfortable and he's gonna find Cooper Cup. And I also love Robert Woods too very I mean, I know we're talking about fantasy and you have your whole fantasy. Oh, please, please. Whatever. But we're talking about betting right now. We're yeah. not talking about fantasy. We're talking about I, betting. I, I do like I do like Cup Woods as uh, solid overs for. I have no problem. I have no problem. But I was I was gonna say Cooper Cup over with the receptions. I think is a very 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 safe bet. Eagles plus eight and a half at Lambeau taking on the Packers. That's an easy one. Give me Aaron Rodgers and the points all day. Over under forty seven and a half. I would take the over. Believe it or not. I like over. Believe it or not. Kind of like the Eagles with the points. I wouldn't bet it, wow. but that's where I really? would side because, yeah, because the, the Packers, man, they just strike me as a very weird team. I get it. They're usually dominant against bad teams, but the Eagles have heard all the noise for weeks. Whenever these two teams have faced off in the past, it's always been a close game, and the Eagles, believe it or not, beat the Packers last year. That was the Thursday night football game where the Packers couldn't score on the one yard line twice. Right. So, right. I, if I were to bet it, I would probably go Eagles points. I know a lot of you like teasers. So, I would probably tease the Eagles, believe it or not, in a teaser. I, I think, I think if, you bet. Get, if you can get the five or six points on Philadelphia, I think I, it, the tease line there would be fantastic. I do agree with you, Jake, on that one. Yeah. But I would probably say the over. Yeah, I think the and I over think, and my player prop, believe it or not, it's going to stay with the Eagles. I like Miles Sanders over rushing yards. I think that's yeah. the that would be my my thing. And then you could never go wrong with Devontae Adams over anything because that guy is just not a human. Yeah, I all. think his line this week is probably going to be so freaking tremendous. I mean, his line last week for receptions was over five and a half and he ended up getting six. So. I think it would probably stay the same at five and a half. Even if it's six and a half, I think Darius Slay is going to have a really tough time dealing with Devontae Adams. He got cooked last week by DK Metcalf on Monday Night Football. And for me, that's just one that screams Devontae Adams has a very successful day and wins people some money on that one. So I think Aaron Rodgers over one and a half touchdowns, even two and a half. I think it's still a very, very safe play. I would be going in on that. Uh, Patriots, Chargers, pick them. I'm going with the Patriots. I hate to say it, but I'm going to go with the Patriots and probably be wrong. I like the Patriots a lot. I think Belichick against the rookie quarterbacks and Belichick against Anthony Lynn is a coaching mismatch. And the Patriots, believe it or not, are somewhat alive in the playoff discussion, whether you think they're going to make it or not. I think the Patriots win and you're – you don't have to cover any points. It's a straight-up pick them. Uh, I think the Patriots win by the Chargers play close games against everybody. I'm going to pick the Patriots by a field goal. I like that. And over if it was under- char- yeah, 
Over under 47 and a half. I'm going under. I would hammer that too. I would, I wouldn't touch uh, again. I don't do over unders, but right. I would probably say under if, if you like the, if you like the chargers, I would maybe think about an over, but if you like the Patriots, absolutely. They, they're very, um, it's the word I'm looking for. Bland. Yeah, thank you. Thank Bland. you. Thank I you. Would, friends help friends. Of course. Of course. I would even say that that's another one. I think it's a very good tease opportunity where if you can get it under 53 and over 42, I think that that's one that I would potentially go and see if you could do that. I think that that could be something that returns value. Yeah, absolutely. So the next game on the docket, we actually have two more Sunday night and then Monday night uh, Broncos plus 14 at Arrowhead taking on the chiefs. Give me the chiefs at minus 14. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, again, I wouldn't bet spread here. I'd probably, I know you like teasers and whatnot. I'd probably cheese, te- cheese, tease the Chiefs uh, down to a touchdown if I could. I'd probably do a six point teaser, then just buy a point, and then I would just have to swallow a touchdown. That would be a very easy seven. Yeah, I agree with but you. At the same time, I don't hate Denver. Uh, uh, if they have a quarterback, if they have a quarterback. Then it, it twenty-one at and Bronco. Or is it at Arrowhead or is it at Arrowhead? I love the Chiefs even more in a teaser. So yeah. Um, well, here's here's this now. We're talking about the teasers now. But I would take the Chiefs. I would never take. I, I would take the Chiefs. But I don't think it's. I, I don't love it. What if you get a six-point teaser and you take Denver plus twenty? I still would I would still I would not be as mad if the Chiefs lost for me as I would be if Denver lost. I would just feel like a total idiot. Fair. Fair. You you would want to see Denver put up a fight instead of Denver just completely roll over to the Chiefs. Thank you. Yes. I agree I agree with that. Uh Tyreek Hill over yards. That is for me that would be the play that I would go for there. Yeah, believe it or not, a, a play that I really like too is uh, I think Jerry Judy over uh, with, with Drew. I'm assuming Drew Locke is getting the getting the start. Correct. Uh, him and Jerry Judy when when Locke plays, Judy is way more effective than he is playing with like Brett Rippon or I mean whatever the that's not really a quarterback, but most most no, it is Brett Rippon. It is. Yeah, it's yeah. Brett Rippon and Jeff Driscoll. So I would say I would say Judy over. It's not going to be that big of a number. I think that's probably the play. I get it. The Chiefs' offense is there, so but I didn't want to stay. You know, Chiefs, Chiefs. I wanted to show the Broncos a little bit of love and Jerry Judy, a player that I have a soft spot for. I, oh, I love I Jerry Judy. Do. I love I Jerry Judy. Roll Tide. Over over under fifty one. I am going with the. I'm gonna go with the over. Do you have confidence? So you have confidence in Denver, at least scoring. I have, conf- I have confidence in Denver putting up at least 17 points. Okay, then yeah, over is probably going to win then. Yeah. Because yeah. I think if you see if you have a if you have a score that's 35-17, let's say, boom, there's your you over. win. Yeah. There's your over. You win. Fair. Then the Monday night game, the Monday night matinee, Bills 49ers. I know Jake likes the 49ers. I actually like the Bills. I actually like the Bills here. I that's think this is I think Vegas I, wants you to like the Bills. I think Vegas wants a lot of people to like the Bills. I think this is a trap game. I will not be betting on this game, but I I do like the Bills at even pick them. 
I think this is one that it could be a trap game, like I said, but the Bills do scream like they are the better team. And listen, if we're going to take the Bills seriously, this is a game they have to win. This is a game think, that they have got to win. Ab- absolutely. I think, but I think it's a look ahead, and I think that's a very suspicious look. Why is it plus one? What why why are the Bills not favored by at least a field goal here? I don't know. I don't know. I I would say if anything, my guess is that early betting has probably been so heavy on the 49ers that the lines have just been forced to move down. That that I'm is looking my at sharp money here. Yes. That is my guess. I don't I don't know, yep. but it, it's very peculiar to me as well. The over-under for this game, 47 and a half. I am going to take the under here. I'd say under and a player prop that I like is Debo Samuel, who looked really good last week in his return. Mm-hmm. I would probably take over receptions or over total yards. I would take Josh Allen over rushing yards, whatever it is. And then I would also be going for Stephon Diggs over receptions because I, uh, there's I a funny, love that one. There's a funny story about that one, Jake. So, of course, my other half, Matthew Taylor Birdsall, he has been hammering every week Stephon Diggs receptions for like the last five or six weeks. He's won every single week. Yeah. Every single week. He's won. Sometimes it's been comfortable. Sometimes it hasn't been, but he's won every single week. Yeah. I think if he if he were to just bet once a week on digged receptions, he probably would be up close to six, seven hundred bucks. Easy. Just over the course of Five six weeks, five bets. Yeah, which is which is nuts. It's it, it is. It's one of the safer lines out there. I'm I'm learning as I'm watching the games with him, and he's freaking out over Stephon Diggs and his. So uh, his so receptions. what you're saying is I should fade him this week and take the under because it's due to lose. Fair, fair. You could you could go ahead go ahead and do that, but now if if it doesn't if it doesn't go under, then you learn your lesson. Yeah, fair. So that is going to do it for the Basement Talk podcast. Of course, please go check us out on the aforementioned Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you find your podcasts. Jake, you'll be coming back here a lot more. So I guess this is a uh, welcome home sort of deal. Get used to uh, to your new digs, and we will be seeing you next week. Of course, the Basement Talk podcast, we're planning on doing one maybe two episodes a week depending on how big or how light the week is in terms of sports news but definitely keep in touch with the basement talk podcast basement talk podcast fantasy show the basement talk podcast quotational basement talk podcast debate all can be found on the available streaming platforms that i had just mentioned so jake thank you very much for coming on as usual we will see you next week for jake i'm bird Bye-bye. later